Thank you for choosing to listen to the Emmaus Radio Ministry Podcast. Each of these messages were given by various faculty, staff, and friends of Emmaus Bible College. To view each series as a whole or for more information about similar Emmaus ministries, please visit concerninghim.com. The children's chorus goes this way. Father Abraham had many sons. Many sons had Father Abraham. I am one of them, and so are you, and so on. Father Abraham did have several sons. For a long time, he didn't have any. Then, through an arrangement concocted by Sarah, his wife, he had a son through Sarah's bondservant, Hagar, whose name was Ishmael. God appears to Abraham, promising again, uh, or reaffirming the promise of a son, And Abraham says, Lord, I already took care of it. I have Ishmael. Don't you worry about it. And God says, no, Abraham, what I had intended was a son for you through your wife whom you had when I gave you the promise, and that will yet happen. So that takes more than a decade yet to happen, but God affirmed that promise, and Abraham had another son whose name was Isaac. Abraham is a man God called, giving him a great promise, a promise with far-reaching prospects, Uh, the prospects of salvation for all the peoples of the earth, not just to the line of Abraham, derived naturally or physically. And this promise was then confirmed to Isaac. And after Isaac, it was confirmed to Jacob. And it then waited for generations until David came God narrowed that promise to the line of David, and eventually Jesus was born in the line of David as a descendant of Abraham. And the promise of God are brought to us through Christ, including salvation through faith in him. Abraham was very much aware of this special status of the promise. When Sarah died, he married a woman, Keturah was her name, and he had several children through Keturah. Seems like Hagar was not really his wife. It was an arrangement that Sarah made to have a son by proxy or surrogacy, so to speak. All of this to say, the natural descendants of Abraham did not automatically come into the blessing of Abraham. God distinguished a promised heir from all of the rest of the descendants of Abraham. And where we are in the book of Galatians, the Apostle Paul brings to focus this distinction between Ishmael as someone who is born of the flesh in a natural arrangement versus Isaac who is born of promise as a fulfillment of the promises of God. And looking at that incident, and particularly something that happens in Genesis 21, the Apostle Paul has some correlations, some lessons, practical applications to make. So he goes back to the historical record and draws an analogical, illustrative lesson from it. We have it in Galatians chapter 4. This section begins in verse 22. For it is written that Abraham had two sons, one by a slave woman and one by a free woman. But the son of the slave was born according to the flesh, while the son of the free woman was born through promise. 
Now this may be interpreted allegorically. These women are two covenants. One is from Mount Sinai, bearing children for slavery. She is Hagar. Now Hagar is Mount Sinai in Arabia. She corresponds to the present Jerusalem, for she is in slavery with her children. But the Jerusalem above is free, and she is our mother. By all normal accounts, it's kind of a hard passage to handle, but it really is not very difficult once you follow the, the author's thought and reasoning. He says the account about Sarah and Hagar may be used illustratively. He, the Greek word has, is, is a cognate related to our word allegory, but he is not really speaking about allegory as practiced by many. Paul does not normally allegorize. And here he says, I am using this historical narrative, something that actually did happen in a symbolic manner. Uh, a lot of people practice allegory or allegorical interpretation when handling the Bible, instead of reading it like it is plainly written, understanding it in the historical and normal sense. They transpose all things to a different plane altogether and interpret them in reference to things other than what they are literally speaking of. Now, this is really not what he is doing. He understands that Isaac is Isaac, Ishmael was Ishmael, Hagar was Hagar, Sarah was Sarah. But what he does say is that, look, in regard to God's promise and the covenant, a distinction can already be seen in what happened transpired with Abraham and his two sons, as well as the two mothers of the two children. So compare Isaac and Ishmael, he says. Ishmael was born to one who was a bondservant, was a slave, namely Hagar. Isaac was born to his mother, Sarah, according to promise. So if we are thinking about true freedom in the spirit, these can be seen to represent two things. Paul had already laid out for us as we come to this part in the book of Galatians, a contrast between freedom in Christ, the full liberty of the sons of God, the maturity and mature standing of privilege one attains to through faith in Jesus the Messiah, versus a standard of a minor status, one who is under tutors, under guardians, under disciplinarians, and the law given at Mount Sinai is the tutor, guardian, disciplinarian when it comes to the people of God. So the Apostle Paul clearly sees two stages in regard to the people of God, a, a state of infancy or minor status, immaturity, not full adult and privilege, which is being under the law. Then there is the status of one who has come into adulthood, spiritually speaking, and that is attained through Jesus Christ. Why? When you come to faith in Christ, you are caused to be born again, you are given God's Spirit, and if you're walking by God's Spirit, you are doing, will be doing things which are pleasing to God, and this is a characteristic of a child of God. The rules and regulations were necessary for the stage of spiritual immaturity, so to speak, to keep the people of God under discipline, perhaps even to show them their need for forgiveness and justification and the power of God to do what is pleasing to him. So here we have a setup, Hagar, bondwoman, bearing children for slavery, Sarah, free woman, 
bearing a child of promise. So now he says, Hagar, who is Egyptian, she may be compared to Mount Sinai in Arabia. And he goes to Mount Sinai only because it is at Mount Sinai the Lord gave the old covenant, which is the law which keeps the people of God under custody. Hagar corresponds to Mount Sinai. And those who are under the law are still in a state of bondage. They are kept in custody by the law, by its requirements. It is the legal guardian over these who have not come into the full privilege and status of the heir. So Mount Sinai bearing children for slavery, that is Hagar, Paul says on the one hand, and that is Mount Sinai in Arabia, verse 25 of Galatians 4. She corresponds, now he says, to the present Jerusalem, for she is in slavery with her children. So we have a line through Hagar, children for bondage, corresponding to Mount Sinai, and in Paul's time, corresponding to Jerusalem. What is he talking about? Well, the issue being addressed in the letter to the Galatians is the effort of legalizers who have surreptitiously come into the church as believers in Jesus, who want to bring the Christians back into bondage to the law. They are themselves in bondage, and they are the Jerusalem establishment, not as the Christ church in Jerusalem, but Judaism, or whatever is represented by the part of Israel that did not receive Jesus the Messiah for all he was. They are still under bondage to the law, and they correspond to, to Jerusalem of the day, the keeping of the law, maybe even the Pharisaic modes of life, and representatives of those with such a motive as bringing both Gentile believers and Jewish believers back into bondage to regulations and rules of an external kind, they have come into the church. And this is the issue that is being spoken of. So, present-day Jerusalem corresponding to Mount Sinai, corresponding to the Old Covenant, is represented by Hagar, who begot a son from Abraham, who gave birth to a son fathered by Abraham, but he was not the heir. The promise did not belong to him. And compared to Jerusalem, present-day Jerusalem corresponding to Sinai and Hagar, the Apostle Paul says, Sarah and her children, the free ones, they have a different association and allegiance. They belong to Jerusalem above. They belong to heavenly Jerusalem. The heavenly Jerusalem is free. She is our mother. The present-day Jerusalem, still under the Old Covenant and its regulations, is in bondage. But even the prophets speak of a new Jerusalem, a heavenly Jerusalem, which begets children who are caused to be born again by God, who have the new life of God, who are heirs of the promise. Now, this whole analogy set up by the Apostle Paul is entirely steeped in Scripture. It is steeped both in the understanding of the nature and role of the law given by God through Moses at Mount Sinai and what the prophets have to speak, particularly the, the prophet Isaiah. 
he'll make a reference to the prophet Isaiah who describes a future Jerusalem. Jerusalem in Isaiah's day was going to go into bondage and captivity. But the same prophet looks forward to a future day when God will revisit Jerusalem, revisit, rebuild Jerusalem, not with stones. He is going to build her with uh, precious stones. And this rebuilt, restored Jerusalem is going to abound in every way. And she is going to abound in children. She will have so many. And they will all rejoice. And this is looking forward to a future day of a metaphorical Jerusalem with children who have eternal life. And the Apostle Paul says, that is heavenly Jerusalem. That is our mother. Those who are believers are not under the old covenant anymore. They are parties to the new covenant, which is through Christ, through his sacrifice. They are children of God in mature status. And it is silly and foolish them for them to go back into old covenantal and legalistic ways to bring themselves back into bondage again. Rejoice in your freedom and its true maturity. Thank you for listening to the Emmaus Radio Ministry Podcast. This ministry is possible because of the generous contributions from our partners around the world. For more information about partnering with us, please visit emmaus.edu partner.